0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, November 22nd. Dozens of volunteers were at work last week hand-seeding native grasses and wildflowers in burned areas of the Pack Creek watershed. This Forest Service-led project planted seeds in pinyon juniper woodland that burned during this summer's Pack Creek fire. The fire started in the Pack Creek day-use area, spreading quickly through the Pack Creek subdivision, before heading up the hillsides and into the LaSalle Mountains. It took 10 structures and spread to about 9,000 acres.
1: For all the conditions that we had against us that day, for, uh, to see a fuel treatment work that good was really impressive to me. And the BLM's
0: Fuels Programs Manager, Jason Kirks, led a tour of the Pat Creek Point of Origin last month. He explained that past fuel treatments allowed the fire to slow down.
1: Sometimes people just don't believe us that fuel treatments actually work.
0: Kirks was speaking last month during an interagency workshop on the Pack Creek Fire and Response. Led by folks at Utah State University, the workshop focused on how agencies, nonprofits, and the community came together to respond to the fire and manage its aftermath.
1: The fuel treatments here did what we needed them to do, which was slowed the fire down, and then as, as wildland firefighters, it gave us a tactical location to engage the fire safely where we can start gaining
0: progress and, and
1: have a place. To the start early part of out. June so. in Moab, if you look at fire histories, there are always big fires in Moab in early June. Um, I think that's going to become more common,
0: especially as climate changes. Cara Doranwind from Rim to Rim Restoration. She's done fuel treatment projects across the Moab Valley for years and helped organize last week's seeding events. She says there's almost a duality with fire, trauma and recovery. These fires, they just, they create a trauma for people that,
1: and not just for the people whose homes burn or whose properties burn, but for all of us. I mean, the Moab community in particular with this fire on the mountain, the good part is that it helps you see that there is actually a restorative aspect to fire. It is a part of life, and it is a part of like trauma-creating restoration and regeneration.
0: Just like the initial response to the Pat Creek Fire, there are a lot of people and organizations working on this long-term restoration. At least eight different agencies contributed to last week's seeding events. Plus, Dornwind points out that the Utah Conservation Corps and others have also done work seeding vegetation as well as cutting dead pinion and juniper. This type of coordination and collaboration makes Pat Creek resident Connie Witt happy. We're just we're just grateful that they talk
1: to each other. You know, that doesn't happen all the time with government agencies and across county lines and some some cases state lines.
0: Witt and her husband say first responders saved their home from the Pack Creek fire. They just lost a few trees on their property. Witt says these collaborative efforts around fire response and future mitigation have inspired the small Pack Creek community.
1: Yeah, I, I think that um, our, our community is drawing closer after this, pulling us together so you know, all these different um, landowners with different kinds of impacts from the fire, so different levels of interest. And uh, these agencies are helping us uh, do a more united front too.
0: Recovery from the Pat Creek Fire will be a long-term project. Dornwin says that a small crew from the USGS and USU are setting up monitoring plots in pinyon and juniper areas of the forest to measure how effective seeding native vegetation is going to be. And the Moab Sun News reported last month that agencies are thinking three to five years ahead. They report that potential long-term recovery projects could include stream channel treatments and road improvements. When it comes to recovery efforts, experts in fuels mitigation advise local property owners, To always take time to plan for future fires, too. With rents at mobile home parks rising across the Mountain West, some residents are taking matters into their own hands to keep prices down. One park in Durango, Colorado, was purchased by residents earlier this year and is being run as a co-op. Now, other communities in southwest Colorado are considering emulating this model. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Lucas Brady-Woods has this report.
1: Mobile home or manufactured home communities historically have served as an important source of low- to middle-income housing across the West. But these days, residents of these communities are often subject to rent increases and buyouts without much protection. And in some cases, that means park residents are being displaced. Lisa Bloomquist is the executive director of Homes Fund, a nonprofit housing organization that works with some mobile home parks in southwest Colorado.
0: When rent in these communities are going up, you know, 40 percent a year, uh, people, it's just what people are having to pay or else they're getting foreclosed on and, and giving up their house entirely.
1: But a number of manufactured home communities have found a way to counteract this trend by becoming their own landlords. In Colorado, a state law that was passed back in 2019 gives residents at a park first dibs on buying their park if it goes up for sale. That's exactly how the Animus Riverview Park in Durango was purchased by its residents. The 120 unit park sits on the city's outskirts along the winding Animus River. A sign at the entrance says, We own it, with an exclamation point. John Egan is the president of the park's board and has lived in the park for about a decade. When the park was purchased by corporate owners back in 2016, rent started to increase at a rate that just wasn't sustainable for some community members.
0: There are many people who have lived here 20, 30 years who would have ultimately been driven out of the park just
1: because of the uh, continuing rent increases. That's one reason why Egan and other residents worked together to buy the park from the corporate owner earlier this year. Now, the park is a co-op. That means it's being run by a resident-elected board. And the board has a mandate keep prices affordable for residents and make sure the purchase of the park doesn't result in residents having to leave. The board is also made up of people who actually live in the park, like Egan. That creates both buy-in from the community and accountability for how the park is run.
0: The community aspect of this is is essential. Our residents are really taking pride in the property. It's getting cleaned up. Uh, People know each other now. People have a certain kind of respect for the property and are, are
1: proud of it. But getting residents organized and finding the money to buy a manufactured home park is by no means simple. George Cheney lives about 40 miles to the west of Durango in Montezuma County. He's looking into how the co-op model could work for manufactured home parks there. And he says there are challenges, starting with getting everyone involved in a park on the same page.
0: Well, there has to be a sustained effort on the part of a group of people that would include an owner, whether that's an individual or a company or family, whatever.
1: Cheney also says the resident-owned model is not without risks. It could
0: be that a a mobile home park makes that kind of transition to a resident-owned community um, and goes along for a while and they find that they can't keep costs down as they hoped
1: costs to purchase and maintain a park are usually too high for residents to afford on their own. Animus View's price tag, for example, was $14 million. That's why financial partners are a big part of the process. Lisa Bloomquist's organization, Homes Fund, was one of a number of organizations that helped Animus View residents with funding for the initial purchase. But those loans have to be paid back somehow, and repayment costs can translate into higher rent costs in the short term. Here's Bloomquist again
0: financing14 million dollars even with with favorable terms you know it, the, the lot rents did not go down immediately.
1: In fact, when the residents first formed the co-op, rents went up but Bloomquist also says she's confident they will go down over time. For Animus View Board president John Egan though, The results are worth the expenses and coordination required to make the resident-owned model work. And for other parks that are considering pursuing a similar model, Egan has a few words of advice. Don't wait. Don't
0: wait a minute. Get organized now. Make the connections you need to make. Be ready to move the minute uh, that park comes up for sale.
1: But despite its limitations, the model does seem to be catching on in other parts of Colorado. Resident-owned parks have already established themselves in communities from Colorado Springs to Leadville. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Lucas Brady-Woods.
0: This story is part of a Rocky Mountain Community Radio reporting collaboration on affordable housing funded by the Solutions Journalism Network. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, November 22nd. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7.